0: Hey, Hi. here's your reminder that you are worthy and capable exactly as you are in this moment. Really? There's nothing wrong with the core of you and who you are. I think you're right. If you want to be a hot girl, then you are a hot girl. I am? If you want to do Pilates, you can do Pilates. Yes, I can. And never let anyone tell you any differently. I won't. Let's start the show. Let's go. Hey, bad bitches. I've got a spicy topic here for you today. Is it real Pilates? Now, this can be a contentious debate in the Pilates community, and I don't think it has to be, especially because most people don't know or care what the difference between classical and contemporary Pilates is. But I thought it would be fun to just kind of mark this time in fitness because I think at this point we have at least three distinct and different styles of Pilates and i'm just going to break them all down for you and i also want to point out this is not a value judgment on any of these styles there's no such thing as bad movement movement is inherently good it's inherently positive positive. and what it comes down to is what movement you like the best at the end of the day and i want to start off by giving you just a little bit of pilates history because there was a court case where the term pilates became colloquial it became within the public domain prior to this court case you needed to um, pay someone to use the name pilates or you had to call your studio you know a practice informed by pilates or some kind of legal jargon around that and after this court case led by Ken Endelman of Balanced Body here in California we were able to use the term without having to pay this fraudulent um, holder of this trademark. It was not, it was all fraud. So it turned out all for the best that Pilates is now within the public domain. But what does this mean? It means that anyone can call what they're doing Pilates. And someone can be doing Pilates and not call it Pilates, That was my experience as a kid doing modern dance. We were doing a lot of uh, Pilates-esque moves, but we knew them as Graham. We didn't know them as Pilates, uh, for instance, so it can go both ways. But today we're going to talk about the three kind of sects of the Pilates world that refer to themselves as Pilates, beginning with classical, also known as traditional, archival. Any of those terms can be used to describe the exact system that Joseph Pilates taught his clients and the exact system that specifically Romana taught her clients. So I actually feel that the term classical refers a little bit more to the style that Romana brought to Joe's work. She was a dancer and a dance instructor for ballet and she influenced a lot of the movements that you'll recognize from ballet you know, the turned out position, Pilates V, that's Romana. Um, arabesque, right? A lot of these moves that um, come from her, they do not come from Joe. Joe is a boxer. He was not a dancer. Uh, he worked parallel, for sure. Um, so that's kind of where the term classical comes in. Now, if you're talking traditional or arch- archival, many times this is referring to specifically what Joe would teach. And It's important to note here that while Joe was extremely strict about the form and the way he taught his exercises, you can take a look at his book, Return to Life, and get an idea of just how important it was to him that every exercise be done exactly the way he described it. And this is when he referred to his contrology, right? The study and science and art of control. So it was so important to him that you did every exercise exactly as he described. However, in the footage of Joe teaching, we can see him modifying exercises for clients, changing them, and it's also important to note that he was not precious about the movement. So sometimes we hear that Pilates is too easy. It's very rehab based. And if you just take a look at what Joe was doing, I mean, he was like, not precious. He was hands on uh, tactile cueing for sure. Not, you know, not being violent, but definitely not gentle. I don't think anyone would leave a session with Joe or at Joe's gym and think, wow, that was relaxing and gentle. You know, it was vigorous, very intense. So, and I think it's important to note that the difference here, uh, if you're just someone who loves Pilates and wants to know more, because it's historically significant, uh, the work that he created. And he's done so many amazing things for Pilates. Another amazing thing about classical, traditional, archival Pilates is it's a system And that system is like really masterfully created. Every single movement relates beautifully to what comes next. You master the movement that comes first... Throughout the system, you start to see all of these trends and patterns, and it's always this constant movement of the spine from one position to another. It's beautiful. It's like mathematics, you know, what he discovered in movement. It's so incredible. If you've done my foundation series one and two, you know the classical system, and you can also use the tag on my filters called classical if you just want to do purely classical work because it is awesome. It works. Now, a sad thing, maybe like the slight downside about classical Pilates is it sort of brought up, you know, this contentious debate besides that legal battle. There's an ongoing legal battle you might have read about in the New York Times recently about the rights to the work, and it's just unfortunate that it's not in the public domain or the public space, and it's kind of brought out what you would call Maybe Pilates snobs, so people who kind of shame someone who doesn't exercise differently. And I just, I wish that that wasn't a part of our community. I wish we could be more loving and accepting because however someone loves to move is awesome. And no one owns the word Pilates, right? Just to, just to nail that point home again, it's in the public domain. So Pilates can literally be anything that you want. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's get into the next, I think, distinct style flotties. And I just want to add one side note. The classical traditional archival moves really began in New York because that's exactly where Joe immigrated to. And now we're getting into contemporary and there was a really strong contingency of contemporary work here in California on the West Coast. And not that they were completely unaware of the classical system, but Balanced Body was created here, extremely popular contemporary apparatus. Now, how do you know if the reformer or apparatus that you're using is contemporary or classical? It's actually much easier than the mat work, for instance, because if you want to know if the mat work you're doing is classical, you have to know the system or take a class like me that's marked as classical. But it's super simple if you want to know if your reformer is classical. A classical reformer has typically five springs of equal weight, so they are not colored. The foot bar only has two positions, up and down. There are no ropes on a classical reformer. There are leather straps, and those leather straps are not on risers. They stay at the fixed point. They can't be adjusted. There's some other things um, as well, but I think that gives you a good baseline of whether or not you're doing contemporary classical, and here in California, many people are doing contemporary, right? So at a club Pilates or large studio you'll see those colored springs, you know it's contemporary. Now that's not to say that contemporary isn't influenced by classical, because it certainly is. Let's get into some of the big differences right now. So within the classical work, I wanted to mention that if the springs are heavy, there's heavy resistance. We said all those five springs are the same Weight. So there's no color-coded system, they are all heavy. So there's a strong load in the classical work and that strong load stimulates muscle growth. It's so powerful. In the contemporary work, you can actually change the springs to be very light. If you've ever worked on a yellow spring from Balanced Body, right? So the load can be adapted more in the contemporary work, which can be valuable in rehab purposes. Oftentimes, if you go to a physical therapist, they will have a contemporary reformer there because it has a bit more um, options and adaptability. And again, this is not a value judgment. I think there's so much that you can do with the classical work. If someone is not able to do footwork on the reformer with all the springs, you can, of course, take one off. You can give them a similar exercise somewhere else. Again, that classical system is like mathematics. It's beautiful. Everyone can do it. But when it comes to contemporary, it's like a little bit more common and easy for people to adapt it. It's just kind of like no brainers. Um, You can just change the spring tension, you can make adjustments on the apparatus for folks. And I think that's probably one of the biggest differences besides the choreography. So here we go. The choreography is very different in contemporary versus classical, although there's so many similarities too. Um, (laughs) gosh, I don't know if I'm doing a great job of explaining the differences here, but contemporary has movements that Joseph Pilates did not teach and did not do. They might do, for instance, a teaser on the long box facing the opposite way, or, um, a movement on with, let's say, uh, is something like with footwork where people are starting on their heels. That's something I notice in contemporary. They start their footwork on their heels, whereas in the classical system, you start on your toes. Some of it is really fine-tuned differences like that, um, but some of them are more obvious where it's a completely like uh, made-up exercise that someone made, which is awesome. I love the creativity where they put like a Bosu ball on the reformer and they're doing something or um, you know, anything you with contemporary you can do anything. Um, but you're using typically the Pilates equipment. And on the mat, you could use all kinds of props. Maybe it's important to mention the props that Joseph Pilates used or that I was taught to use in the classical system. We had the magic circle, we had a weighted pole, we had uh, free weights. And that's pretty much what Joe had and a and, uh, Gondola pole, like a wooden stick, the breathing bar um, that you would use on the sitting box, for instance, Um, cushions. Those are all things you might find in a classical studio. Now, you also might find some other things in a classical studio that are made more for um, a more a bit larger variety of people. Like my classical instructor, she had a ball, a small ball, and it was excellent. It was a great tool to use to get you connected into the movement so I'm a huge fan of the ball you'll see me use that in a lot of my classes but the thigh band for instance is a contemporary prop right whereas the magic circle is very classical even though it looks different today than it did when Joe was teaching he made a magic circle with the ring of a whiskey barrel and our magic circles now are much more comfortable and a little bit lighter so that's a good example of the difference between contemporary and classical. Now, I could go on and on, (laughs) but another big difference is probably the price. So if you're taking class at a classical studio, most likely you're going to be paying more than you are at a contemporary studio. The apparatus tends to be more expensive if you're going classical, and because it's a little bit more rare, a little bit more nuanced, And yeah, just a little bit less common. It's more specialized. You're gonna be paying probably a little bit more at a classical studio than you would at Club Pilates, for instance. Now, here are some things that I think, you know, I talked about the negative side of classical Pilates, and I wanna touch a little bit on the negative side of contemporary. I've found that a lot of cueing in the contemporary world is nocebic. What do I mean by that? Nocebo, you can think of it as the opposite of a placebo where there's usually a positive outcome attached to a placebo effect, but a nocebic effect has a negative consequence. So if you tell someone, lift your belly button to spine to protect your back, or be careful, stand up carefully, or be careful with your neck, don't crunch your neck, don't let your knees go past your second toe, all these nocebic cueing can actually have a negative impact on a mover where they will experience a negative impact because they were set up to believe it was unsafe any other way. That's probably my largest gripe with the contemporary system: is just the common cues that you hear over and over and over again, and it's so, um, it's just kind of so second nature. I think for contemporary teachers, it is not their fault. It's within the system. You know, like this is something that is just. Within the system, and I do believe it's changing. I'm trying to be a part of that change using much more effective cueing, and I think it's gonna be better for everyone. Now, my second gripe with contemporary Pilates is that oftentimes there's not enough load. If we want people's bodies to change, we need to put them under enough load. And sometimes these light movements or these very subtle movements, now don't get me wrong, they have a value. But if you have someone with a specific goal, and my goal for 99% of my clients and my members is for them to build muscle mass and get stronger because that's what's going to have a huge impact on their life of course movement for movement's sake and feeling good and exploring and playing is very valuable too and i don't want to discount that but we need to use enough load so that people experience a transformation and i think sometimes that's something the contemporary world is missing at times not always but it's important thing to note just something i wrote down the last form that we'll discuss is athletic-style Pilates or Legree-style Pilates. I believe um, Australia has a large contingency of athletic-style reformer classes, and you can think of these as almost like hit circuits um, and very classical weightlifting or body uh, bodybuilding movements done on reformers or, or machines that are apparatus that are similar to a reformer like Legree. Um, now this is very different because there's some relationship to Pilates choreography, but it's almost, um, just turned up all the way. And you're almost just like adding bodybuilder things and seeing how you can make them fit on a reformer, which I think is valuable in a way, but sometimes I think it's a bit unnecessary or, um, just like too much i think if you were new to pilates and you went to a lagree class i think this is why they have a reputation of being only for fit people which i just resent so much um you might go in there and be like this is way too hard and in the lagree system their point is to really put every muscle group to fatigue and i also believe they use very light resistance um but under intense Uh, challenge where you know you are holding all that resistance in a plank for instance so it's very intense on the body and perhaps Legree could use a little bit more load if I were to have my dream world Um, so it's more supportive for folks and then they can change it up if they want that more challenge. Because it's important to note that heavy load isn't always more challenging. Sometimes on reformer, it's much more supportive. And this is something that I, I want everyone to truly understand. Because depending on your body size, you might feel better with heavier or lighter springs. And I want you to feel empowered to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of athletic style. And don't get me wrong, I love some athletic moves. I love how athletic moves. How, uh, Effective they can be. I love using heavy weights Um, so I want to just wrap this up by saying I am informed and Inspired by all these different styles the three that I mentioned here and there's tons of others, too, you know, we could get into Alexander technique and um, all these different styles gyrotonic gyrokinesis that are all these beautiful ways of moving that can feel kind of Pilates esque but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to what you enjoy, and I really love being creative and adding things into my workouts that aren't strictly contemporary or strictly classical or strictly athletic. I think I've found sort of my own blend and balance of all of these styles. You'll find all these styles uh, on my app and on my website, and I think they're all valid and wonderful. And... I do wish that some of those negative things weren't there, but they are, and that's life. Um, But I hope I really did a good job of highlighting the positives of all these different styles and hopefully made it less confusing for you if you're confused about contemporary classical and legree. So that's all for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram or TikTok. You can find me at Ruth Pilates Studio, all one word. If you'd like to try out any of my classes, on-demand programs, and challenges, and join this community of bad bees across the globe, you can sign up today for a seven-day free trial. Just check out the show notes for the details. And lastly, remember to stand so tall and proud. Can't wait to talk to you next.